Wednesday, buddy. Yeah, happy Wednesday. <laughs> Hi, how we doing, man? I'm all right. How are you? I'm doing all right, man. I'm doing all right. You know, we're we're getting through the week, and uh, you know, the the Mets finished off a nice little sweep today, huh? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And Dude, they're what? fourteen and two in their last sixteen or something like that. Now they're fifteen and two in their last seventeen. Oh yeah. Dude, yeah, they, they are absolutely on fire now, 73 and, thir- and 39. But, uh, you know, first and foremost, before we get into everything, guys, uh, welcome to episode four of the Cup of Mets podcast. Um, this is actually our second try doing this. Today is August 10th. Um, I made a really dumb error yesterday, and I did this all. This is our first time doing it on Zoom. Uh, you know, we did the whole 40 minute spiel and, uh, I forgot to press record. So, um, you know, we're trying this again and, uh, you know, episode four is coming at you. Please don't forget, uh, give us a follow on Instagram, on Twitter, uh, at cup of Mets. Again, that's at cup of Mets. Uh, we're on Insta and we are on, uh, Twitter, but, um, you know, we're going to dive right into this guys. Obviously there's only a 40 minute um, window that, that we got here on the, on this basic little platform. So, um, you know, we're going to dive right in the Mets finished off a sweep today. The Cincinnati Reds, uh, Taiwan Walker was, was on the bump. He wasn't his greatest. Um, but the Mets came out victorious 10 to two, obviously the bats did a lot of the talking, putting up runs in the double digits, but, uh, you know, Rob, what do you like from today? Uh, you know, what, you know, yeah, obviously we're going into an off day tomorrow. It's a nice way to, you know, fucking end the, end the homestand. And, uh, well, obviously we're going to, you know, still be here, but, um, you know, just beating up on the bad teams is, is always a good sign for them. Yeah, no, definitely. It was a much needed sweep. Um, you know, the Mets took care of business against Cincinnati. And, uh, what I really liked was that Lindor raised his average to 270. Uh, mm-hmm. his OPS is... 813 and he's tied now with Jose Reyes for 81 RBIs for a Mets shortstop and you know he, he's he's not done yet so yeah his numbers look good uh he looks good and and you know again the Mets offense did come to play today they took care of business and they did what they needed to do yeah man it looks like Lindor's just embracing it right it yeah, just lo- it, it just looks like he's we all know we've been seeing it all year. He's a different player than he was last year. He admittedly was not comfortable last year. Also had a little injury in new city. Um, but he just, he looks like a new player, a player ready to lead a pretty, uh, a player that fits really nicely into that three hole, um, you know, which has shown really valuable lately. Um, he was tremendous. How about Daniel Vogelbach, man? I mean, <laughs> we, we can't talk about Vogie enough, man. And, and, uh, obvi- and obviously, um, I, I can't recall if the third episode he the Mets had acquired him yet. Did 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 they when we recorded our third? They did, yeah. They, they did. did. Okay, yeah, yeah. I mean, so we probably won't like touch on him as much, but I mean Vogelbach is just on fire now, batting 341 for the Mets uh in 15 games. Uh, you know, has his OPS up to 1.041. Mm-hmm. Um, 1041. I mean, it, it's, it's absolutely crazy. He's driven in 10 runs, uh, two dingers. He, he, he's got four doubles. 
I mean, the man's a the man's a machine. No, definitely, and he's really fit in nice, you know, in that five spot, and uh, hitting a lot but behind Alonzo. Um, honestly, he gets on base. He's uh, you know, they told us he really is selective at the plate and doesn't really chase against righties. And you know, he's doing his thing, man. I mean, he came here hitting two twenty eight, and now he got his average up to two forty six. So, yeah, you know, yeah. he's uh, he's fitting in well. I mean, you know, I love Tyler Naquin, but you know, Vogelbach. I heard he came up to uh, he came up to bat with my milkshakes that that song or yeah, whatever because yeah, it was yeah, Women's yeah. Day at City Field, and uh, you know he came up with that song, uh, <laughs> my milkshake bring the boys to the yard. <laughs> so I can only imagine, yeah. you know, can only imagine uh, him coming up to that in like a playoff game or something, you know, Vogelbach. Unreal. Unreal. I mean, I, you know, such a great part about it. And I think a big reason why he's been able to elevate that average is because obviously, you know, he wasn't in a spot to contend before and he was playing a larger role, someone in the middle of that, of that order. I mean, he's in the middle of the Mets order here, but when you're over on a team, that's not necessarily contending like Pittsburgh wasn't, um, he tends to face both right-handers and left-handers, right? So when you're, having him face solely right-handers, which he exceeds, you know, tremendously against, um, it really puts them into a good spot. He's been a pleasure to watch, um, a really nice fit in the middle of this order. Um, you know, you mentioned another one, Tyler Naquin, and again, we'll touch upon, you know, some of these moves that the Mets have made since we've last hopped on here. Um, Tyler Naquin had a great game, uh, two for four beaten up on his former team, hit his 10th home run of the season, um he was Rich. tremendous yeah yeah and louis guillaume uh you you know got off the schneid went two for four upped his average to 281 and then also pete alonzo who uh took an 04 the other night uh went three for five with a ribby as well um you know it, it was really just a a clean game aside from that uh you know taiwan walker uh pickoff attempt but um you know aside from that he picks up you know, his 10th win the second time he's reached double digits in his career. Um, you know, it was nice to see him rebound after that last start, especially. No, definitely. It's, it was well needed. And, you know, um, <clears throat> how many strikeouts he have? He had like five. He had five. He had five and three yeah, walks. Yeah. So again, you know, a few walks, but his strikeouts are there and, you know, he's, he wasn't his best performance, but at the end of the day, it's a quality start and, and he did get his 10th win of the season. Um, you know, Mets backed them up with the offense. I mean, they scored five runs in the first. I mean, again, they've been doing that a lot lately. They've been scoring first, striking first, and, and you know, right from the get-go, they're just coming in, hitting, and that, that'll win your ball games. I mean, you know, you, again, obviously you want, you know, late, you know, insurance runs late, but if you pound on a team early, say four, five, six, nothing, even three, nothing, you know, it's it's hard to come go back into the dugout and try to get another, you know, try to chip away after that, but. Especially, yeah, Walker, especially against the Mets pitching staff. Oh, yeah, of course. Of course. And, you know, again, Walker didn't look his sharpest, but at the end of the day, we got the W and we have an off day tomorrow and another important series over the weekend. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they have quite a few. I mean, all the pitching performances were, were really, really tremendous from, you know, Bassett to Carrasco picking up his, his 13th win to obviously today with Taiwan. Um, the bullpen looked pretty good as well. Uh, and, and we'll dive into that later on. But it was just a really nice overall series to see. And, and you know, we mentioned that uh, Alonso took an 0-4 the other night, but, but he really wasn't hitting at all. He really wasn't hitting like whatsoever. And, and the Mets are, you know, putting up five, six, 10 runs against the Reds. Granted the Reds are, the Reds are not a good team, 
but you know, they then previously played the Braves and we'll, you know, get into recapping the Braves series after this, which was fucking phenomenal um, all the way around. But, you know, they put up five, I mean, they put up six, six, eight, six, and five runs respectively in all those five games. So, um, you know, the Mets offense is clicking and if the Mets offense continues to click with that rotation down the stretch, I mean, I think the sky's the limit, man. No, definitely. Definitely. And, you know, we got our boy DeGrom back. So, uh, yeah, as well, uh, our three head monster is here. And, uh, like you said, it's, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be, if, you know, again, when we clinch the, when we clinch the division, it's going to be a nice little postseason run we have. Knock on wood, man. Knock on wood. (laughs) Um, you know, but I, I mean, listen, listen, 34 games over brother. (laughs) I know, I know. know. And it's not necessarily the playoffs right now. We just need a, I just want to see them win the division, get, you know, get a bye and, you know, set up to, to see who you're going to play in the second round. You know, yeah, that, that, that's the bottom line for me. Um, you know, you, you, you made a nice point there. Hey, first episode that we're recording since the goats back, Jacob deGrom back number 48. Um, he's back. And I mean, what else can you really say? You know what I mean? Uh, he's been just absolutely phenomenal. Um, he's pitched in two games thus far and his homecoming, uh, you know, this past Sunday was, uh, we weren't there. Right. But um, it, it really was just such a setting from, you know, standing ovations to uh, you know, the way that he was portrayed as he, you know, ran out to the mound and him warming up for the game and the fans just giving him a, you know, an onslaught of, uh, you know, uh, applause and then seeing him strike out 12 batters. Have a perfect game into the sixth inning. 12 batters and have a perfect game into the sixth inning. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it shouldn't have even gotten to that point that, you know, he gave up those two runs. Unfortunately, he left the pitch up to Dansby Swanson, but, I mean, Jacob DeGrom is back um, and he just really, really looks phenomenal. What, what have you seen thus far that you've liked aside from, I mean, aside from the underlying numbers that he's put up? No, of course. I mean, in two starts, he has 18 strikeouts. So, you know, he's still striking guys out. He's still getting a lot of swing and misses. Um, you know, his slider is filthy. Uh, in that brave start, he got up to like 95, 96 miles per hour on a slider. I've never seen that before. And then on top of that, he's, throwing a hundred again, he's throwing, he topped out at one Oh two. So, I mean, you know, he's back. That's all I got to say. He's, he's back. He's ready to go. And I think he's all business at this point, especially with like, you know, rumors that he's opting out, you know, or, or, you know, whatever him saying about opting out. But at the end of the day, you know, he's pitching to get more money, average annual value, but you know, it'll be well-deserved because again, if, if I seen a tweet from Jeff Passan, if he, if he keeps pitching like this, he's, he's worth 50 million a year, which, you know, I, I don't disagree. So. Wow. 50 million bucks. Jeff Passan said that. Yeah. He said 50 million a year. If the ground keeps pitching like this. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. That would be uh that would be something. I mean, listen, he's um, my computer, my other computer that I'm using for all my kind of uh, you know, numbers and, you know, little stuff. My whole computer is just, in like a complete warp. So that's why I'm over here. I'm focusing on here. Obviously, if you're listening to the podcast here on Spotify or uh, Anchor, uh, we are uh, live streaming this or not necessarily live streaming this, but we're recording this kind of like a simulcast, but uh, via Zoom. 
um, yeah, and my, my statistic computer, whatever you want to call it, just shut down. So, uh, Rob, you're in charge of that tonight. All right. Um, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, no, listen, it, it was, it, Jake's back, you know, that that's what we got to say. His slider looks absolutely phenomenal topping out at 95. I mean, r- ridiculous fastball, as you mentioned up into the hundreds, which scares me, but as long as he stays healthy, man, we're going to make quite the run. And, you know, the other thing about that was, you know, it was initially set up to be DeGrom, Scherzer, Bassett in the rotation. Mm-hmm. Wasn't necessarily that configuration, but we got to see Scherzer, DeGrom, Bassett for the first time. And how wild was that? We were there Saturday night. You know, we, mm-hmm. despite not getting a bobblehead, uh, we did <laughs> see uh, Max Scherzer uh, ring up 11 over, yeah. set, over seven shutout innings. Uh, leading the Mets to a win in which they, you know, one of the four victories that they pulled off against the Braves uh, during this homestand. But um, how, how sick is it? How dope is it to see these three pitchers go back to back to back? And you could see they're just feeding off of each other. They're just yeah, feeding. Definitely. One wants to outdo the other. It's just like the Harvey Syndergaard, you know, Matt's uh, DeGrom days back, back in the day in 2015 and 16. It's, it's amazing to see. I think, honestly, it's better because, you know, Max Scherzer is arguably one of the best pitchers in baseball in the game. In, in the history. history. Yeah. In history, yeah. But, um, and Chris Bassett is an established pitcher as well. But, no, nah, you hit it right on the head. I mean, you know, I, Scherzer comes out, throws seven shutout innings. Um, what's it called? 11 strikeouts. And then DeGrom the next day comes out and throws 12 strikeouts, strikeout, strikes out 12 guys. And then, you know, Bassett, at, Bassett too, he, he can go eight innings easily. And... I love the fact that Buck kind of like pushes his pitchers a little bit over like that 100 pitch count mark. Nowadays, you don't really want to go over 95. So Chris Bassett's just a bulldog. He's got that bulldog mentality. Uh, and it goes great with personalities like Scherzer and DeGrom. And, and I'll say it time after time, Max Scherzer is a great big game pitcher. Like every big game the Mets have had this season, he's come up big. Yeah, you see that video of him uh, earlier today, <laughs> just just tossing on the field, and he's just pumping yeah. his fist afterwards after every single pitch. The dude's a sicko. I love it. I love every I love every minute of it. He's such a pleasure to watch. I mean, the game that we saw him pitch against the Yankees, um, yeah. that was a phenomenal performance, and the stadium was rocking and rolling then. But the the Braves game was really awesome because it, it kind of just cemented like, hey, you know, mm. we all we are for real, you know you know, sport talk radio, uh, Atlanta, what is it? What's the account on Twitter, Atlanta sport talk radio or whatever with the luck bullshit, he can, you know, screw off <laughs> the Mets are for real. They took two out of four from the, uh, four out of five from the two out of four, four out of five from the Braves. Um, and it was really awesome to see. It was, it was just, uh, it was sick. Can you just describe the atmosphere for those, uh, you know, for those who weren't there? I was there Friday and, you know, that was the one game they lost, but even Saturday it's, you know, playoff atmosphere. Every single fan knew what was, what was at stake. And, you know, the Mets taking four out of five was the best case scenario in my eyes, because, you know, again, it gives you a little bit of breathing room Uh, and then going into like a series against Cincy where you could kind of just, you know, keep it going and feed off that momentum. I mean, you know, guys like Joely Rodriguez, Guillaume, and, and you know, even, you know, just everybody, 1 through 25, 26, whatever it was, you know, they showed up to play, and, and you know, they took 4 out of 5, which was, you know, I would have been content with 3 out of 5, but the fact that they took more than that was was nice to see, and 
like from icing. hitting one through nine to the, the starting rotation to the bullpen. It was it was fun to watch, man. It really was. It really was. And and yeah, I mean, it it was so fun to see. Obviously, the players played tremendously up and down through the roster, as you mentioned. Everybody played a key part, but the stadium was just. I mean. It reminded me of the of 2015, even the playoff games. Just everybody's just so hyped. It really was amazing, um, and it just kind of just shows what the next uh, month and a half, two months are going to be like. It's going to be a it's going to be a sick ride, and hopefully we come out on top. I think we will. Um, but uh, let let's hop into a different direction here. The Mets did make a few moves. Uh, we have established that during episode three, Daniel Vogelbach was a member of the Mets, so we won't touch upon him as much despite his 1041 OPS him <laughs> becoming, you know, a sex symbol here in New York city, an absolute animal. Um, <laughs> he's been awesome. They've all, they also acquired Tyler Naquin, as we mentioned before from the reds, he's been absolutely phenomenal. And then they also went ahead questionable move. We can hop into this um, momentarily. They acquired Darren Ruff from San Francisco in exchange for JD Davis uh, and others, the others, uh, kind of the kind of the the weird part about that deal. And then they also went ahead and they got some bullpen help and uh, Michael Givens. Um, walk me through who do you think has been the best addition so far from a you know culture and on field uh, perspective? I think the first two moves. I mean, you know, we haven't seen again. We'll see rough against lefties, but um, Tyler Naquin and Vogelbach have just been superb. You know, Naquin plays all three outfield positions. He runs, he hits for power, he hits gap to gap. Um, and then, like I said before, Vogelbach, he just gets on base, man, against righties. He knows the strike zone well. Uh, he compliments Pete Alonso well, like really, really well. Um, Alonso, Alonso can like breathe a little bit and not see so many breaking balls, you know, like, and honestly, bro, they just bring a good energy. I mean, Tyler Naquin, uh, he's been honestly my favorite personally. Um, yeah. No, let me read you this tweet. Actually, I found uh, at KCJ underscore five one six. He tweeted this earlier and I retweeted this because this is a crazy stat. But J.D. Davis and Dom Smith combined for three hundred and fifteen at bats with the Mets this season and recorded twenty four extra base hits. Tyler Naquin and Vogelbach have combined for seventy three at bats and they have thirteen extra base hits. So, oh my you know, goodness. they're about to beat to that show. pace. And, yeah. Yeah, it just goes to show that these minor moves were, you know, well needed. And uh, it gives the Mets a lot of options. You know, you can bat anyone anywhere. Obviously, Lindor and Alonso and Marte are going to, and even Nimmo, they're going to stay where they're at. But five through nine is going gonna, is gonna, to, you know, buckle, mix it up, whether it's a righty on the mound or lefty on the mound. And, you know, late game decisions are, are Bucks thing. So, again, I, I love these acquisitions, the first two in Tyler Naquin and Daniel Vogelbach. But I also do believe in Darren Ruff a little bit. He's been showing signs of hitting lefties well. But just seeing J.D. Davis kind of tear it up and playing every day in, in a Giants uniform kind of, you know, makes me uh, shed a tear a little bit. But at the end of the day, the Mets are 34 games over. And and whatever happens, happens. They're, they're going to, you know, they're going to put everybody in the position to succeed. So I trust Buck. I trust Billy Epler. And, you know, again, let's just finish the season strong. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I couldn't agree more. I, I actually forgot that I had something called a phone that was next to me and that I could Google some some numbers here. Um, but Tyler Naquin, he is uh, 11 for his first 30 at the dish with the Mets. Uh, he's, his, 
he has a 1,000, he has a 1,254 uh, OPS. He's batting 367. He's been, he's been awesome. He's been fun to watch. You see him and Lindor really bonding. He, the, yeah. the, the Mets tweeted out a few pictures uh, the other day <laughs> of them on the bench together. They got a good relationship from them from uh, their days back in Cleveland. Um, but Naquin's been a great addition. As you mentioned, he's very versatile out in the outfield. Um, yeah. And he's a good left-handed bat, you know, and, and it really looks like he, he was a good player in Cleveland. He came up much better than he finished in Cleveland. Right. But yeah when he went to Cincinnati last year, it appeared as if maybe guys like Jesse Winker and, and others kind of rubbed off on him and Joey Votto. And he has more of an upright stance now. And I think, I don't know if you and I have just mentioned this or if we've mentioned it on here, but I mean, he, uh, he, he just kind of looks like a different player. He, he's already hit uh, three home runs with the Mets only in 10 games and, yeah. and he's, and he's pulling the ball. And I think that he especially wanted to, uh, you know, stick it to the Reds a little bit this past, this past weekend. Uh-huh. Um, so that may have been a little personal or this past <laughs> week, this past week, I should say, but he's been awesome to watch. We've already spoken about Vogel God. I don't need to go there. He's the man. Um, I love him. Darren Ruff. Listen, um, at, in, in regards to the, the overall platoon that the Mets are trying to, that the Mets went for at designated hitter, Given Darren Ruff's numbers against left left-handed pitchers, um, okay, you know um, that 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 works. With that said, um, I am concerned about the you know how many how many players the Mets gave up in that in that deal, right? They they went ahead and they traded JD Davis, uh, Thomas Sapucky, and then uh-huh. two um, you know low A low A prospects. Do you think that was too much yeah. of a haul? I mean, obviously, J.D. Davis is playing every day in San Francisco, basically, but San Francisco has a greater need for J.D. Davis than the Mets do, and that's why he's mm-hmm. obviously playing every day. But uh, what are your thoughts on that? To me, it was a little much. But again, as you said, I know whatever happens, happens. That's understood. But what, yeah. what, what are your thoughts on on trading three parts? Well, again, nothing against Ruff. I would have I, I rather – Wilmer Flores, but uh, I know the Giants really like Wilmer Flores and <clears throat> and he's a little on the younger side, but um, just remembering Ruff from his Philly days, I know that he really can mash lefties. Again, I think that J.D. Davis and Thomas Sapoki would have just got the deal done, but I think also at the same time, you got to give to receive and and the Giants really value Darren Ruff as a, as a platoon bat that could hit lefties and you know, they really sold the Mets on him. And I think, I think again, like I said, we got to see a little more of him. I don't know his numbers exactly with the Mets, but even the game on Friday, he hit a double coming off the bench and, and he's been playing a little first, which is nice because then Alonzo can just DH and relax. And, and, and again, another versatile player, he could play both outfield left and right. And again, you know, this is where Buck excels and he succeeds. He just mixes mixes and matches again, Vogelbach, Sixth inning faces a lefty. You could just switch him with Ruff, and you know we're off for the races again. We just, I just got, I'm, I'm, we're gonna see more of Ruff, and I think, I think he'll blend in well too as a seasoned veteran for a while now. I didn't realize he was 36, but you know, yeah. yeah. And I know, I know, Jeff Francoeur really spoke highly of him as well when, when uh, the Braves broadcast was in Queens. You know, because um, I was listening on the radio and Howie Rose uh, talked to Frenchie was saying that Ruff was a really established, like a really class act baseball player. So I'm with yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, I know that he also played in, uh, I think it was Japan for a few years. So he has more more years under his belt than just what he did in Philly and San Francisco. But I have the stats here with the Mets. He's hitting 333 with a 333 mm. on base percentage. Uh, he's got an OPS of 800. So he's slugging 467. He hasn't hit a home run yet, but he has driven in five. He's got two doubles as well. So, oh, he had a key hit yesterday. Exactly, exactly. And he's had he's had a couple key hits. You combine that type of production with the production that Vogelbach is giving. Yeah, yeah. Then maybe the Mets do have something. I just, I I just didn't realize he was in Japan for four years. So yeah, that, that was a good point. Yeah, yeah. So who knows what he could have been, but also I think he improved this game quite a bit in, in Japan, which allowed him to flourish like he did when he came back to the States. Mm-hmm. Um, but as you mentioned before, someone like a Wilmer Flores, I don't necessarily know what the Giants were asking for, but I, I just kind of wonder what, what someone like that would have actually cost. But yeah. because, you know, right now everything's great. We're beating up on the teams, good mm-hmm. and good and bad, but down the stretch i don't know i'm just like imagining like uh i don't i don't know i'm trying to think of a left-handed reliever but like a big powerhouse that's in uh that's in los angeles uh i don't know or or any any team really but yeah. uh you know facing the mets down the stretch and darren ruff is up you know that that's what kind of is like is he the guy that you want up but we can worry about that another time but uh the mets also did go ahead and they did make another move as we just touched upon before uh, they went out and they acquired Michael Gibbons, a friendly face and a, a former Baltimore Oriole. So he has quite a bit of experience with Buck Walter comes yes. over from Chicago uh, where he posted a 266 ERA with six and two in 40 appearances. Can't say that he has been wonderful with the Mets thus far. What do you see, Robert? What do you expect, Robert? What do you think is going to happen, Robert? Do you think <clears throat> this was the right move to only make, Robert? But I don't, I don't, I don't know how they could have only acquired Michael yeah. Gibbons. Well, again, I'm. I know you wanted David Robertson, but um, I don't. I don't really know what uh, what the Mets' thought process was there. But I mean, Michael Gibbons is an established MLB reliever. He's uh, made his name in Baltimore, like you said, with Buck Showalter at the helm. And again, he's like a sidearm righty that throws a bunch of junk and can get guys to roll over and get out. But, um, you know, his first appearance against Washington wasn't the greatest. I think he almost blew the 8 nothing lead. But again, he's kind of coming into his own. He got a big out yesterday. And uh, on Saturday, he did give up a run, but, you know, only limited the damage. And and again, I think he's just getting his feet wet here in New York. But, but um, in terms of a big splash, this isn't the sexiest name. Um, but again, he's an established reliever. He's been around for a while and he pitched well in Colorado. So, so in that, in, in my eyes, he could pitch well anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I, I'm not here to say that I'm, I completely oppose the trade because Givens is better than nothing. Right. But yeah, yeah definitely. I just kind of feel like, again, kind of like the same instance with Darren Ruff, the Mets are contending for a world series. Right. Mm-hmm. And the, you when you're building a World Series team, look at the Dodgers. They almost went out and acquired Juan Soto. Not yeah. saying the Mets needed to go out and acquire Juan Soto, but why the fuck do the Dodgers need Juan Soto? 
You know what I'm saying? Because they want all but, the names on the roster, you know? But Exactly, but they, <laughs> they also just – like four but, or five, six sexy names. Yeah, but they also – yeah, and they also just want to be the best team out there. And yeah. despite the Mets being on pace for 105 wins, who knows what's going to happen in October. It's a completely different ballgame, you yeah. know? So that's my only gripe with it. He really has pitched well this year when it comes to more stat cast type numbers. Uh, he's in the uh, 81st percentile in strikeouts. Uh, he's in the uh, 72nd percentile in average exit velocity. So he's limiting hard contact, which is good. You know, he's in the 74th percentile in hard hit percentage. So he's, so he's, yeah. so again, he's limiting the hard contact again, though, being that that was the only acquisition to me, it was a little let down, but I understand that a lot of teams were trying to fleece the Mets as well. Mm-hmm. So I, I wanted an Andrew Chafin to me uh, because quite frankly, do you trust Joely Rodriguez as your left-handed reliever in the pen? <laughs> I mean, again, you know, he's had his moments where you want to, you know, boo him off the field. And then he had his moments, the other, like, for instance, the other day against the Braves, where he struck out four, and he Two looked and third, yeah, yeah, and he looked unhittable. But um, do I trust him? I don't know. The season, the season's not over yet, so I guess we, we gotta we gotta find out. We gotta see more big time situations with him. Um, I know his splits are. Uh, we talked about it the other day. They aren't they aren't terrible, but at the end of the day, he's got to limit the walks and when he's asked to get one big out or two big outs or 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 to hold the team for an inning. He's just got to get the job done, man. His changeup is lethal. Um, I think I think he needs to just use that more often, opposed to just trying to get a, you know get ahead with the fastball. Yeah. And you know, at the end of the day, um, he's he's going to be the guy, the lefty at least, because you know we didn't acquire a, a guy like Andrew Chafin or or another lefty. You, you know, it is what it is. But I think that gives them a little bit of confidence too. That and it and it tells him as a pitcher, as a player, that okay, the organization believes in me and. And I got to start getting big outs and producing. Yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, Chafin was the guy that I wanted. Uh, I think that the lefty reliever to me was more important than acquiring another big, big name setup man because we have the guys like Seth Lugo. We have the guys like Adam Ottavino. Drew yeah. Smith hopefully will come back. Trevor May is back. Uh, what do you expect from Trevor May? Where do you see him slotting into the bullpen? Well, again, you know, another guy that's has a lot of experience in the late innings, but, you know, at the end of the day, he's got to get back into his groove and, you know, throw his slider for a strike, leave the ball in the ballpark. And, you know, he, he throws hard, man, and he's just got to locate. Trevor May, I, I like Trevor May. I, I like the signing. Um, I've always seen him as an eighth inning guy, but now that we have a guy like Adovino and Lugo's looking like, you know, the old Lugo, um, Trevor May could be a good sixth or seventh inning guy when we need him. He's another he's he, he he's another guy also who could like pitch multiple innings, yeah. or or you know go into another inning and then hand the ball off to somebody else. But at the end of the day, it's just as a bullpen in general, you just got to leave the ball in the ballpark, get outs, and and you know trust your defense. Definitely, uh, you know he's only thrown in a few games since his return. He's allowed a run in one of them. He's uh, walked mm-hmm. two in another one of them. Yeah. He's He's been worse at times this season, but he's only pitched in 11 games. But again, when Trevor May is healthy, as you said, pitching multiple innings, pitching multiple days in a row, Trevor May is a guy that says, hey, give me the ball. So yeah. 
again, he's another bridge. So again, I think we can both agree that maybe we wanted a a left-handed specialist given how many great left-handed hitters there are out there and who we may see down the road. But getting another right-handed, you know, pitcher for the back end of the bullpen may have clogged things up a little bit. Um, You know, I, I, I think that, that, that really covers the bullpen to me. I I just need to see consistency. We know, we know again, knock on wood, we know what we're going to get from Edwin Diaz. Okay. And, and, and Adam Adebino has been absolutely incredible, right? He's, he's had a terrific season. One of, one of the better ones thus far. Um, and he, he's a guy that is going to be really important down the stretch because as we noted, yeah, Seth Lugo is starting to look much better. That curve looks like it has the spin that is, that really fools uh, the hitters, that fastball is starting to run up there at 95, 96, 97, where we once saw him throw when he was at his peak. Um, yeah. But a guy like Adam Adovino is, is and the way that he's exceeding is, is so much fun, especially when you know that you have a guy like Edwin Diaz and his trumpets behind him and Adam and out of, Vino, I mean, he's posted a two twenty five BRA thus far. No, definitely. Definitely. And it's two different styles of pitching. If you really think about it like that way. I mean, I know out is primarily, he likes to throw a slider a lot and it's not like a, one of those sliders like DeGrom or Diaz is, but it's like more of like a slider that a start at a right-handers hit and end up on the outside corner. You know what I mean? It's it's filthy. He could throw it in a lot of different ways. And then on top of that, he could pump 95, 96. And then all of a sudden, you're facing a guy who primarily throws junk. And then all of a sudden, in that ninth inning, you hear those trumpets going, and Diaz is coming in, throwing 101, and then a nasty slider, nasty hard slider. You feel me? So, yeah. again, different, a lot of different styles in this bullpen, you know? And that's why Michael Gibbons give, gives us a little bit of versatility as well. You know, he throws, he throws, he throws a little bit of a sidearm release along with, you know, Lugo mixing up mad pitches. And then you got Trevor May throwing hard Diaz being Diaz. And again, like I said, Ottavino just having a great year too. I didn't realize the ERA was that low, but it's good yeah. to see, man. It's good to see. Yeah. And I, and I think the most important thing with Ottavino are, are two components. One, he's not, he, when he doesn't locate his fastball, he's in trouble. And when he doesn't have the velocity where it can go 93, 94, he gets in a little bit of trouble. The other yeah. situation is when he can't locate that slider. When that slider is on, holy shit, he no, is, no. he's on another level. He'll, yeah. he'll want, he'll send you right to the pitching ninja and <laughs> you know, you'll be embarrassed yeah. in front, in front of millions. That's, that's <laughs> the type of stuff that Ottavino has. And again, as you said, it, it really, when you look at the bullpen as a whole, yeah, they, they really do have a lot of different types of, pitchers um you know that can kind of fool you with a lot of different repertoires and um a lot of different you know styles as well on the mound so definitely not the easiest to face the Mets nowadays as offense is out there just how we like to see it Robert um (laughs) it's 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 been fun to see especially since the bullpen really was struggling earlier again I wanted that left-handed I wanted that left-handed reliever, but um, Mm -hmm. it's been nice to, it's been really nice to see them bounce back, especially with the type of season that Diaz is having. Um, You know, we, we, we only have a couple more minutes here uh, on, on our uh, fourth episode here of cup of Mets. And again, uh, if you haven't done so already, please follow us on Instagram, on Twitter. It is at cup of Mets. Please give give us a follow. Uh, We appreciate it. Also give us a follow on Spotify as well. 
not really sure where this video is going to go. Maybe excerpts will go on Insta. <laughs> maybe some will be tweeted. Um, maybe we'll make a YouTube. I don't really know. Kind of depends on how this comes out. I, I feel like we have had a few technical difficulties, right? Uh, Wi-Fi. <laughs> Wi-Fi. Yeah. And, and it was mine right now. I mean, one computer is not working. I have 5G plus going on on my phone and my laptop and my recording laptop is connected to my phone's personal hotspot. So, yeah. and I need a haircut. Yeah. And you need a haircut. <laughs> See, I'm running on fumes with the, all the energy and all the technology and all the technology. Your yeah. hair is overflowing, dude. Um, yeah, it is getting a little long. No, it looks good. Looking crazy. No, no, no. It looks good, man. It looks good. <laughs> it looks great. Uh, let, let's, uh, let's finish up here. Just take a peek at the, uh, not only the upcoming schedule, but also the, uh, current standings as of the moment, uh, after the Mets 10 to two win today, they are now 73 and 39. My goodness. That is wild to say. Imagine if I'm at last time. Yeah. Imagine winning streak. Yeah, imagine if I would have imagine if I would have told you, yo, Rob, they're going to be 73 and 39 at one point this season. You'd probably say like, all right, yeah, pump the brakes a little bit. I mean, you know, again, it's like uh, you kind of you can't even compare them to last year because last year. like, it's, Yeah, no, it's not even close. Like, no, like no. I, I, I mean, especially coming off a year like last year, you can't, you know, they won 77 games. So the fact that we're four away from a win total from last year. It's not even September yet. It's uh, it's good to see, man. <clears throat> yeah, everyone's like, oh, just wait for you know September, you know, towards the end. You know, it's a this it, the decline would have started to happen already. Again, we're knocking on wood. We just gotta always make sure we're not on wood. <laughs> but but this club is built differently. They have a different leader. They have different clubhouse. Other uh, really great. Uh, yeah, a new regime is right. Uh, the Braves are currently 65 and 46, seven and a half behind the Mets. The Phillies are 61 and 48, 10 and a half behind the Mets. And we'll stop there because the Marlins and the Nationals, uh, they're just pests at this point. And that's all we got to worry about. We got to worry about how to beat them when we do face them. Uh, and otherwise that won't be, you know, an issue. Um, looking ahead to the, uh, the schedule for tonight's games uh, when it comes to some of those, if you're scoreboard watching, um, which <laughs> guilty, guilty. I'm not sure about you, Rob, but uh, I, I'm definitely guilty of it right now. As we speak, the Marlins lead the Phillies one, nothing in the uh, top half of the fourth inning. Sandy Alcantara is on the mound. Al Alcantara, whatever you want to, uh, whatever it is. Um, uh, he is on the mound for the Marlins and, uh, opposing him is our old buddy, Noah Syndergaard. So he is, uh, down one, nothing, uh, to Miami. And then, um, the Red Sox and Braves are scoreless in the top half of the third inning and the uh, Braves have two men on and two outs, uh, looking ahead to the upcoming schedule for the Mets, um, They've got they've got an off day tomorrow, a much needed off day. Uh, they then are uh, still at home. Uh, we'll see Scherzer followed by Degrom, um, and it's a four game series. Rob, uh, walk me through it. What are you looking for this 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 weekend? Um, you know, as as we close in on uh, you know September here, <clears throat> they just got to keep winning series. That's really it. Uh, they've been doing a good job of that. We haven't really lost like a string of series in a row, we just keep winning. And that's really it, man. We got to beat our division rivals. 
without a doubt. We got to beat up on them and we got to beat up on the uh, on the weaker teams in the division. Next week, we then go to Atlanta to face the Braves. Uh, that's going to be quite the test. Um, and, and it's really going to be a shocker to see. But uh, we're running out of time here. <laughs> 